former great coach of the Utah State Aggies, one of the best to ever do it, to stand on the sideline. It's Stu Morrill here joining us on the Full Court Press. Before, I guess, when you first started coaching at Utah State to the end, former players have said that you actually mellowed out a lot towards the end. Is that true? And if so, why is that? Oh, I think it's true. And I think uh, I think the nature of, of kids nowadays was part of it. Um, you know, you're diff- dealing with a, uh, a different type of young man, not better, not worse, but just different in terms of, of how they want to be approached and how much coaching they will take. And coaching uh, has to be in the right form, I think, for the modern-day player. And, and I think also is a process of, you know, aging and uh, having coached for a long time and, and all of that that kind of went into it. Uh, you get a little older, and <laughs> I guess you gained a little perspective, but – I always thought Utah State would be my last job. I had coached it, as you know, a head coach at Montana and at Colorado State. And when I came to Utah State, I said this will probably be my last coaching job, and and didn't know that I would go as long as I did. Uh, Seventeen years was was a lot of fun, and and you know, a long time to be at one school nowadays. So I feel very fortunate to to have had the career that I had, and and it is really in. Uh, you know, a lot of credit, most of the credit should go to all the good players I had. Um, and, and to walk away from coaching on your own is really hard to do anymore. And, and that's something I wanted to do and have it be my decision. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's never anything but good feelings about Utah State. Coach, when you decided to, or when you stepped down, when did you make that decision? Was that before the year started? Was that in the middle of the year? And how did that all come about? You know, I announced it in, in early January. We'd actually won at Boise State. Uh, David Collette hit a shot at the buzzer, yeah, and, absolutely. and we won We won that game. And I was really glad that, that I was announcing it after a win uh, so so some people didn't think that I was just uh, tired of it all, depressed that we lost, that kind of thing. But <laughs> I I had been thinking about it all for, you know, for a year or two as to the timing and when I might want to want to do uh do the announcement and i just felt like it was good for everybody uh if i let it be known early that this was going to be my last season and and for me it uh it just made a lot of sense and some people thought it was shouldn't have been done till the end of the year but um you know as as the old song says sometimes you get to do it my way and and that's uh that's what i was able to do did your players know before the season or did they not know until you announced it you know that's one thing i I regret as you uh, as you have alluded to off air. I'm not the most technological savvy guy <laughs> in, in in America, and, and uh, so I planned on telling my players before practice, before you know, before it was really out there, and uh, it got out that morning, and you know they were a little perturbed that I hadn't told them because uh, I we'd uh, you know we had already moved ahead on it and. I explained to them what had happened, and they were great about it. But yeah, it's it's not something that you want to you want to put out there too early. You just you just want to do it when you're going to do it. What's retirement life like now for you? What is Coach Morrill doing? I mean, you rock climbing? Are you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> People ask me all the time. You know, what are you what are you doing in retirement? And I just look at them, and most times I say this, Ajay. I say I'm doing whatever I want, <laughs> and that's the freedom of retirement. You. You know, you can get up every day and 
plan your day or not plan your day and, and uh, decide what you're going to do. The reason we moved back to Colorado was three of my four kids are here and we're about to have our 11th grandchild and nine of 11 are in this area. So it just made sense. We stayed in Logan. We love Logan. We stayed there for three years after I retired. And uh, then it just made sense that uh, we moved back here and we're enjoying it. It's a it's a nice place to live. It helped that we had lived here before. Uh, are you? Do you visit Utah often back, or are you you stay in Colorado for the most part? We get there, you know, a few times a year if if things go right. Uh, for one thing, we have a son in Montana, our fourth child, and it just makes sense to go through Logan and see some people on the stay there for a night or two on our way to Montana. So that usually happens a couple times a year, and. Uh, you know, and wh- whatever brings us back, we're hoping to be here for the reunion this weekend, weather permitting. And I stress that because I don't, I don't, uh, at this stage of the game, uh, driving through Wyoming and risk of my life doesn't make a lot of oh, sense. Oh, it's brutal. To me. Yeah. So, and I've done it enough times that I know exactly how it can be. So we'll, we'll see what the roads look like, but we're hoping to get there and, and be part of the, you know, the reunion of four, as I understand it, four championship teams. And yep. two of them were, uh, were ones I coached. And it would be fun to – I don't know how many of those kids are coming back, but whoever does, it would be awesome to see them. Well, let's get to there. 1999-2000 is one of those teams. And uh, this was a very, very good basketball team. And up against the NCAA tournament, loses to uh, Connecticut. What do you most remember about the season? In fact, I, if I remember right, didn't you guys play a nationally ranked Florida team and barely lose? Is this, is this the same year? Yeah, we were. I, I think uh, we were in Maui playing in that team, in that tournament. You know, and it was a who's who of college basketball. And we were kind of the the late add to that event and I you know, I made I, I made the comment in the in the press room in the news conference before the tournament that all these teams have McDonalds all Americans and I got a few guys that have been to McDonalds. Um and you know, they, people <laughs> people got a kick out of that. But our guys played great. It helped uh spur us on to the rest of the season. Uh we had a shot at the at the buzzer to tie or, or beat Florida, didn't make it. They were, I think, fourth in the country at the time. Uh, you know, and then and we won two out of three there and came home and eventually got on a, a long winning streak. And, uh, you know, we had taken about seven new guys that season, and so we didn't really know what to expect. And they were just great kids that blended well and wanted to be coached and wanted to get better and, you know, uh, and it all worked out. We had had a had a fun season, and anytime you win a championships a championship, it is a special deal for sure. There's something about you and winning streaks in conference play that just, I mean, blew my mind. This one here, you won 16 straight. You go to the Big West tournament, you dispose of Pacific pretty easily. You get by Nevada by five, and then New Mexico State. And by the way, you know, people forget how good New Mexico State was back when you were on the sideline and they played against you guys. They always brought their best when it was a versus the uh, Utah State Aggies. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, as I recall, is we were, you know, we were playing that tournament uh, in in Reno, <laughs> you know. So uh, we're playing Reno, and we have to play Nevada on their floor, basically. And, and I remember the last night when we're playing New Mexico State is, they they were very good. You're right about that. But I remember asking the commissioner. We were nationally ranked, 
Uh, we had won 18 in a row in league games, and we we're playing our 19th. I said, now, do we have to win this game to be in the tournament, or are we are we in? And he goes, oh, no, no, you're in. Don't worry about it. So I went in and told my team to relax. <laughs> uh, don't feel a lot of pressure. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go play and have fun. And and we did just that, and we won the game. And the next day we were a 12 seed, which told me we were not in had we not <laughs> won that game. Um, you know, and it was probably presumptuous when we were in the Big West at that time to, to think we would be in. But when you're nationally ranked and you have that kind of winning streak, you kind of think you might be. But we wouldn't have been, and a credit to those guys that we were able to win our 19th straight and and go on and face the returning national champion, the defending national champion, I should say, in Connecticut. They had that point guard, right? El Amin or something like that? Yeah, he was he was really, really good. They had a they had a good team. I think we lost by eight, but we were yep. uh you know, we were in the game and and uh I remember Jim Calhoun to me saying to me afterwards is you know, there's really there's really no difference. I just got better players than you, which I thought was an interesting <laughs> thing to say. Uh but I think he was trying to give a compliment as best he could, uh, you know. And, and <laughs> it was, you know, it's funny what you remember, but that one stuck with me a little bit. You guys had quite the roster, actually. I mean, you had Troy Roll, who was a senior at the time. Tony Brown, we all know who Tony Brown is and was. Sean Dan, and, and a lot of this roster came back to help you guys the following season. And coach, that was a special season for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the main one you guys ended up uh, getting by Ohio State in the first round. Uh, of the NCAA tournament, but you also uh, against Utah beat them by one, and at, at home. What do you remember about that game? We had Utah's. Uh, I, I don't want to say we had their number, but we had we had some really special games against Utah, and it was one of those. I mean, uh, I, I think during my time, we we ended up nine and five against Utah, or something of that nature. It might have been eight and five. I'm not sure, but something around there and uh you know the the value of those in-state games everybody knows how important they are and I just remember that it was a knockdown drag of, out affair and you know lots of emotion lots of things happened and you know I actually remember the one my first year even even uh better they were they were ranked in the top 10 in the country and and we were not very good we were 14 and 13 or something like that my first year and 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 Tyrone Alec hit his only three of the year, and we we won the game. So uh, you know that you remember a lot of things about those different teams. And the following year, you're right when we beat Ohio State. That was that was very special. It's been a been a long time since Utah State. I think uh, 31 years since Utah State won a tournament game. Yeah. And and unfortunately, the years are starting to add up again since we won a tournament. Uh, tournament game and you know certainly hopeful that, that that happens soon and and some of the great teams that Craig's got and had last year and this year and you know it's uh it's it's a it's a strong thing when you get to the NC2A tournament to you know because sometimes you don't get the very good seed and it makes it very difficult. Coach I, I think people forget this a lot but <laughs> uh, after Tony Brown hit that floater to uh get you guys in overtime before the overtime Ohio State had an inbounds pass that got over Sean Daniels and the guy nearly banked it in from like half court I'd be like people forget about that play how close you guys were to losing on a buzzer shot from half court to Ohio State that was a heck of a game you know uh <laughs> Sean Daniels he's a player that in, because he was a junior college player 
sometimes I'm not sure he gets the recognition he deserves. I mean, he was a fabulous player for us and, and in my mind should be in the Utah State Hall of Fame. And I'm hoping he'll return to this reunion. I'd love to see him. It's been, it's been a long, long time. But, um, you know, he was instrumental in winning that game. He, that might have been the game where I asked him afterwards why, what the heck was the deal with the bank free throw. And, and he said, Coach, I wasn't going to shoot an air ball on national TV. He was, he, he was not a great free throw shooter. But, and, you know, it's interesting because only in Utah would this probably happen. But I, I made the comment after the game that, that Tony Brown uh, made a great city league move with the triple pump fake. Before All the church it. ball move, I think, is what you called it. No, I didn't. I called it a city league move. Oh, you did call okay. <laughs> That's the funny thing to me is that everybody turned that into a church league move, uh, <laughs> which, which either one works. But I, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the the strong face there in Utah and the the influence of that, it was funny how that that somehow turned into that statement. But what a great shot by Tony at the time. What did you remember about Tony Brown? Obviously a local kid at Mountain Crest, had a great career there. You guys get him there. What was the recruitment process like to bring him to Utah State and his career like as uh, as a coach of him? You know, Larry, you Stacy recruited him, so oh, okay. you know, I, I always thanked Larry for that one. Tony was a <laughs> uh, freshman when when we got there, and, uh, you know, we just I went to his Hall of Fame induction a couple years ago, and I, we were still living in Utah at the time, and, and was just so proud of him, and some of his teammates came back, and you know, just a special kid. The fact that he was local and had such a great career, uh, you know, made it extra special. But he, you know, I I always gave Tony a bad time about his ability or inability to play defense. Uh, you know, he but he got better and better, and was just a real student of the game, and figured out how to be an all-around player, and and just you know, figured real prominently in those teams doing so well during that time period. Head coach or former head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Stu Morrill, joining us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Coach, we look at the 2009-2010 team that will be honored as well on uh, this Saturday night against Boise State. This team also had a winning streak. It was in the WAC. It was 15 games, which included wins over uh, Wichita State as well. Uh, What do you remember about this season and about this team? You know that that was when we had we had changed leagues a couple of times during my coaching career, and one of the adages in coaching is, you know, when when your school decides to move up in in terms of a a league move, you should probably try and find another job because <laughs> <laughs> oftentimes that leads to the to the head coach being terminated because it, it's an adjustment anytime you step up a league. And we did it a couple times while I was coaching, uh, actually from the Big West to the to the WAC and uh, from the WAC to the Mountain West, of course. And, you know, that the time frame with that 09-10 team, uh, you know, we won four straight WAC championships, and that is something that will always be really special to me. One of them we tied for the first one, but we won the next three outright. We went to three straight NC2A tournaments. And anytime you can, in any league you're in, you can win four straight championships. You have awfully good players, awfully fond memories. And uh, the WAC at that time was, was very good. A lot of the current Mountain West teams were, were in the league. Uh, San Diego State was not, but the, almost all the, the rest were in the WAC at that time. So, you know, I just, those teams get bunched together in my mind because, you know, those kids were, 
a lot of those kids were on three of those teams and um, you know, we just had a great run. I, I, I do specifically remember the game against Wichita State because um, they were nationally ranked, and, and we right. got them in we got them in bracket buster in the spectrum. And you talk about a crazy atmosphere and uh, one of one of the all time fun games that we're able to win. And you know, we had uh, during my coaching career, we had two at large berths to the NC2A tournament. And people understand how hard it is to get in that large berth. And uh, one of those teams lost to New Mexico State in the tournament and in the conference tournament and still got into the NC2A tournament. So, you know, all of those teams during that time period where, where we were able to win the WAC uh, four straight times, they were very highly thought of and nationally. And, and uh, you know, it'll be I hope to be there to see some of these uh, kids were, that were on that team. Yeah, what did you think about the bracket buster? Were you a fan of those things? I was not and should have been. Um, you know, it it ended up being something that really helped us. Uh, as people who follow basketball know, it's really hard to get home games, especially if you've had success and you're a mid-major. Uh, and Bracket Buster allowed us to have some good teams come play in the spectrum and was very instrumental in helping us get in a large berth, uh, I think, two times. So, um, you know, it's, it, uh, and it, you know, some of those, some of those games you go play on the road or the return game, you go play on the road, uh, you know, going into Wichita, was it all that fun? Uh, although we played well and lost and, you know, some of the uh, places we had to return games, but the event I thought was really good for mid-major schools. During this season, in fact, almost like in the era of this time, you you coached some special special players. J.C. Carroll is one of those guys. He was not on this squad. He had just graduated, but in comes Jared Quayle, uh, 6'1", but averages 12.5 points, just over six rebounds and four assists. That kid is so underrated in Aggie lore because he wasn't J.C. Carroll, and he had just had to come right after him, but was such a special basketball player. Jared Quell was a huge part of us winning <laughs> winning championships and going to the NC2A. Uh, funny story how we how we got Jared. Uh, he was a local kid that nobody really offered him a, a Division One scholarship, uh, you know. And and he went to junior college. And my guys, my assistants, had seen him a lot in the summers. He'd come over and play with our guys, and you know he's tearing it up in junior college. And and uh, I told one of my assistants, you need to go see him and he came in and he said you know I can see him or this other kid and, and I've also already seen Jared and you know he's not quite good enough coach and I want to go see this other kid and I said no 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 you're going and seeing Jared Quayle the local guy let's make sure and he was sitting in my office the next morning when I arrived about 8 a.m. and, and the, he had kind of a sheepish look on his face and he said coach you were right that kid's really good <laughs> so <laughs> You know, sometimes you get fortunate in in the decisions you make. And Jared, of course, had followed Utah State basketball as a as a little guy, and and wanted to be an Aggie. And it was a one of those easy recruits that you get. A lot of times, recruiting is really, really hard. But then you have the Jared Quails or the Nate Harris's of the world. Nate Harris just when I explained everything to him, he says, "Yeah, okay, I want to come." <laughs> and you know when you get those kind of players that are that good that were that easy to recruit uh, and like I say a lot of times they're local uh, it's a really fun deal 
You know, you've also coached a lot of special big men. You mentioned Nate Harris, Gary Wilkinson, Spencer Nilsson. Ty Wesley became an All-American. You know, uh, I don't know if you ever know how good they're going to be. Gary was an All-American, too, that Gary Wilkinson. And, and again, uh, you know, I'm a junior college guy, so you oftentimes hear me sticking up for Sean Daniels or Jared Quayle or Gary Wilkinson because it's harder for them to get uh, sometimes the recognition from the school when they're all said and done because they were only here for two years. And, um, you know, where whereas Ty Wesley was a starter for all four years and was originally slated to go to BYU, but they kind of dropped the ball on the way they handled that. And uh, we had we had told them exactly what we were we were going to do and uh, before his mission redshirt and all those kind of things. And, you know, my my uh, one of my best buddies growing up was the high school coach for Ty Wesley, and he was always trying to get us a player at Provo High School, Craig Drury, uh, the all-time winner in state championships in the state of Utah, and a great high school coach. And we kept losing him, of course, most often to BYU, but uh, he really helped us get Ty Wesley. <laughs> and thank goodness, because his career was just outstanding. And he's still playing. You know, yeah. as, is J- as is J.C. Carroll, and, you know, a lot of these kids have gone on to have uh, really good careers playing professionally after after playing at Utah State. Uh, J.C. Carroll has uh, said that he's going to be retiring after the uh, season is over. What do you remember about J.C. Carroll? Uh, what made him such an elite basketball player in, in your mind? Well, I, I don't know that I've ever had a guy that had a motor like J.C. had. I mean, I, the, the guy never got tired. I always tell the story. He came back off his mission, and uh, we always run the, the Aggie Mile to, to time guys, see what kind of shape they're in. And, and, you know, usually missionaries are at the back of the pack because they haven't been able to work out for two years. And J.C. ran a four-something mile. Uh, it, it was incredible. And... Uh, you know, I I remember him as a player. Just I never took him out for being tired. I took him out if he got a little flustered, which he didn't do very often. And especially his junior and senior year, he hardly came out of the game. But what a what a quick release! Uh, you know, an unbelievable shooter, uh, as good a guard rebounder as as I ever had. Uh, like Tony a little bit, he had to get better defensively. But uh, you know, I mean, he, he averaged. 22 points his senior year and just had a fabulous career and great athlete. And a lot of people missed on him, and we were fortunate he ended up at uh, Utah State. Coach Morrill joining us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Coach, I hate to ask you this. As many successful seasons as you had here at Utah State, you had so many heartbreaking losses in the NCAA tournament. Is there one that stands out to you that you really want back so badly? Yes, uh, the one that will always haunt me that I still have nightmares about is Marquette. Oh. Uh, we were playing in, in Boise. Um, we, were, we were up in that game in a position to win going down the stretch. And uh, Were you up six us. with like a minute left or two minutes yes, left? What was it, was it? Like, it was like two minutes yeah. ago. We were up six, and, and uh, we did a good job defensively. They shoot an air ball. Had it hit the rim, we'd have probably rebounded it and had a chance to go up eight and run some clock. Instead, shoot an air ball that grazes the rim, falls in their hands. They score it. Uh, now they're they're only down four and they go on to win the game. And you know that that one haunted me. I mean, you know, I sometimes uh, chuckle because a lot of people say, "Well, 
uh, and you, and you get, you know, the longer you coach, the more you're able to block out what, what a lot of people think that want to want to have negative thoughts. But, you know, we lost a lot of games in the NCAA tournament, but we were playing the who's who of college basketball. Yes. You know, we were a 15 seed or we were a 12 seed. 12 seed, we always had a chance. I think we were actually an 11 seed when we played Marquette. Uh, and the, we were a 12 seed when we beat Ohio State. But we had, you know, we were playing uh, Connecticut, Arizona. It goes on and on. I mean, uh, the teams that, that we play, UCLA, the teams we played in the NCAA tournament, uh, and I'm not trying to make an excuse. It just is a reality that that made those games, uh, you know, really, really tough games on neutral courts trying to beat, uh, you know, top 10, top 15 teams. We played Kansas right to the wire. That's right. When, when Roy Williams was coaching. and and uh, They went to the national championship, right, that year and that, lost to Syracuse? They got all the way, to, yes, all the way to the finals that year. And, and uh, Troy Roll, I think, actually had a, had a shot to send that game into overtime that that we missed, and um, but it went right right to the wire. And they had a ton of pro players on that team, and so most for most for the most part, our guys represented very well. You'd have liked to find a way to win a few more, and and that is always something you'll feel a little bit bad about. But we we did get there eight times, and that's not easy to do. Do you still have a little bit of bitterness toward the committee for always? I just feel like they always screwed you guys on on the seating. You know, the seeding thing is you're kind of a victim of, of uh, what league you're in and how they view that league and, you know, how the other teams in your league do. And you always hear Gonzaga wanting, like they wanted BYU in their league. They wanted their league. They challenge the other teams in their league to get better so that they can get, uh, you know, better seeding in the NCAA tournament and so forth. But I don't know if I – I got so used to it that I just shook my head most of the time when – when our seeding would come out, you know, that, uh, that last championship team we had that went to the NC2A tournament, um, I, most people thought that we would be, you know, a, a seven or a eight or, uh, the most a nine. And, you know, then again, we, we ended up, I believe a 12. So it's just the way it was, you know, and, uh, when you got to the NC2A tournament, you were dang proud to be there, but it quickly changed into, let's see if we can, we can get something done this year, and you know, uh, it'll always you'll always feel a little bit bad that we didn't uh, win more games in the tournament. Do you still t- uh, stay in touch with Randy Ray? Yeah, I just saw him the other night. They were uh, they were here uh, playing Northern Colorado. Went to dinner with him and went to his game. Unfortunately, they didn't play very well and and lost. But uh, you know, Randy was a long time assistant. I had assistants with me a long, long time, and. I always told people, well, I let them play golf in the off season. That's the only reason they stay with me. <laughs> but, but uh, they, you know, I had uh, Don Verlin a long time. Randy Ray, thirteen years. Don Verlin was like fifteen years. Tim Durier was uh, at least that long. Might have been fourteen, fifteen years. So um, I was very fortunate. It gave us great continuity throughout the the many years we were there. I remember because I would always ask you, and I'd listen on the radio. He would always ask you about <laughs> about Randy Ray, and every time you get emotional and choked up, and just it meant so much. Some of these coaching staff members meant so much to you. Well, you know, you're you're uh, you're in a very competitive profession, and it's uh, a profession where you know they they don't hesitate <laughs> to send you down the road and and bring in a different staff and. Uh, and you get guys that live and die with you day to day, and, 
and it becomes their program as much as it is your program as a head coach, and that's what you want. And and I had those guys were all very special that way. And you know, Randy, I uh, I hired Randy out of basketball camp here at Colorado State. Uh, the the great Boyd Grant told me, hey, there's a high school coach you might want to go watch if you got a position for him on your staff. And and I went over and watched his team in camp and watched his enthusiasm and his knowledge and. And obviously that's all proven out. He's been a very, very good head coach as well as all the years of being an assistant. What do you miss most about Utah State basketball, at least your time there? You know, I I think the thing, people always ask me if I miss coaching. And, you know, coaching was great to us and our family and all that. uh, But I did it for 40 years, you know, and I was a head coach for 29 years. So the coaching part of it, I I was ready to, to be done with that, but you miss the camaraderie of, uh, you know, the, the staff, uh, you know, the, the boosters, you know, and like, and trust, and, uh, you know, the people in the department and all the coaches you run across throughout the season. Uh, you know, that's, that's probably where there's always a, a void when you retire, but, uh, you know, it's retirement. I, I wanted to retire. I was 62, almost 63. When I retired, I wanted to retire with some time left to do some things and we've been able to do that lots of travel lots of fun and and uh you know i'm still kicking along okay so we'll uh we'll <laughs> stay above the grass as long as we can listening to players talk they said some of the most best memories with you is when they'd be in the car with you one-on-one or whatever just you and him and uh and you'd have conversations and they would not ever touch on the topic of basketball it'd be about them their life, their family. What was it like developing those relationships with guys like J.C. Carroll and Gary Wilkson and Ty Wesley and Tony Brown? Well, that was, that's that's the fun part of coaching is if you can make an impact in a kid's life and, and let him know uh, that you care about him. And, and sometimes I was so driven and, and uh, you know, quite strong personality on the court that uh, I didn't take as much time as maybe I should have. Uh, but I always tried to meet with those kids individually. And like you say, when we could just talk about what they're going to do with their lives. And that's a great thing about having a chance to come back for a reunion is you catch up on people's lives and and uh, you, you realize that, okay, maybe uh, maybe we did make a small difference in, in uh, who they are and what they become and, and they have – fond memories of, of Utah State and I think for the most part kids know that that I pushed them really hard but I uh, I never de- demeaned them personally I was not into name calling that kind of thing that uh, was somewhat prevalent at the time but you know I, like I say if I, if I was coaching now I'd probably have to be a nicer guy than that <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not sure that that uh, that'd be possible when I got in the heat of battle again so it's probably good that I'm all done. Sam Merrill obviously is chasing J.C. Carroll. When you see Sam Merrill what makes him in your mind uh, one of the elite guards in Utah State basketball history? Oh I love Sam you know we recruited Sam people uh, and I've been this my fifth year out so people are like well how how does that work and you know Sam went on a mission of course and I never got to coach Sam because I was done by the time he got back but uh, Craig's done a great job with him. He had Sam is special in that he has an unbelievable feel for the game. Uh, you know, we we compared him to Tony Brown when we were recruiting him, 
Um, you know, and no offense to Tony, but he, he's, he might be above a lot of guys that, that you compare him to. Uh, and Tony was a great player, but Sam is just, uh, he's got the perfect temperament for the game. He's skilled. He's tough. You know, he can play the one or the two. He can guard the other team's best player. Uh, I think Sam will have a, have a long career after college. And, you know, I follow Utah State. I watch every game I can and, and uh, love to see him play. They're having a great run. Uh, people sometimes get spoiled and, and, you know, and they expected the same thing um, this year as last year. And that doesn't always happen, but they're still having a great year. And a lot of, a lot of, I think there's a lot of possibilities ahead this season. And, and I was the biggest, one of their biggest cheerleaders the last couple of years. Who does it better, J.C. Carroll or Sam Merrill? I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> does what better? You know, uh, I, I, well, did, I did mean, you I, did you ever tell J.C. that he couldn't guard a chair? Is that true? I've heard this rumor. I want to know if it's true. That was that was actually Tony Brown. I told <laughs> Tony Brown that, and Tony got to where he could guard more than a chair. He became a real good <laughs> defender. I was early in his career, and he never forgot it. Uh, he brought it up at the Hall of Fame induction, which made me chuckle. Uh, you know, J.C. was not a great defender early, but he, again, got better and better as he went along. You know, Sam and J.C., that's a tough comparison because they're, they're both such great players. Uh, you know, Sam might be better at some things. Uh, you know, he might be a better passer, even though J.C. was a good passer. He might, you know, uh, might be a little better defender, whereas J.C. might be the uh, the best shooter I ever coached, uh, you know, I, I, I always say that our plays that worked so well for JC when he was playing the next year didn't work very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he just, he came off screens and banged it in. And so I would uh, respectfully avoid trying to name one of those two guys <laughs> better than the other. They're just both, uh, very unique, very good. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for your time. I know, I know I told you only you know, 25, 30 minutes. We went well over that, and uh, that's because my my questions, and I just couldn't get enough of that. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure and honor. Ajay, I appreciate it. You know, it's fun to relive the old days, and, and uh, I hope weather permitting, we're there uh, this upcoming weekend. Look forward to seeing you. We know we got a sold-out crowd coming. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you.